So, Pete, what are we watching today? Video games. No, this is a movie podcast. We talk about movies. This movie based on game, but just basically game. <laughs> Has this destroyed your upper brain function speed? Video game shooty bang bang zombie movie. Okay, guys, um, Peter has gone bye-bye, so I guess I'm gonna have to start this podcast. Welcome to Fearless Films. Sega! Pete, go, go ahead, Pete. Fearless Films, video game, oh, okay. podcast, bang-bang. Oh boy. Fearless Films is a podcast or a horror movie buff. Me, movie guy. Oh, watches, talks about scary movies. So the scaredy cats, it's me. You! Uh, can, don't have to watch the movie and are saved from the brain numbing torment that is apparently this movie. We made a mistake, Kevin. <laughs> We're on week I three think- of this, and I don't know if I can finish the month. I think I have made exactly what I wanted to have happen, happen, and that I've destroyed your soul from the inside. We weren't, we got too greedy, Kev. <laughs> we dug too deep. We played with sciences and magics we didn't understand. I wasn't paying attention, and we accidentally chose an Uwe Boll film. Uh, Uwe? U? U? Uwe. Uwe? Uwe. Mm. Is definitely a W there. You is, is German. It's like sheep. It's like you. nuclear wessels, <laughs> which is Russian. So I don't know why I made the comparison, but my brain doesn't work anymore. <laughs> That's okay. A good Star Trek reference has never hurt anybody, except it does showcase what giant nerds we are. That's was there any doubt? Because that wasn't even the good, not good. Sorry, that wasn't even the cool new Star Trek with Chris Pine. That's this is the original Star Trek, way back before we were born. And it was the jokey, funny one. It was the good one. Whales, whales. Can we talk right, about that so, instead? Nope. We have to talk about this Uwe Boll movie. Uh, fine. I watched the 2003 action horror film House of the Dead. Which Here is, we go. It's based Let on an arcade game. Knock, let's knock them all down. Here we go. All right, we've got a video game boot movie. It is a horror video game movie, an action horror video game movie. It was produced in 2003, early 2000s, and directed by Uwe Boll. You can't get a worse combination than this. No, I literally don't think you could. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, Uwe Boll is a quote-unquote filmmaker... Who's an infamous filmmaker. He's known for only making bad films. A lot of them based on video games. I honestly do not understand how he continues to get money to make new movies. It costs money to make these movies. That's what we thought about the Leprechaun franchise, and that keeps making movies. (laughs) Wait, they're still not doing it, are they? I Probably. But let me be clear, Kev, because I've played the House of the Dead arcade games. They're the type of game you find at any arcade. It's just, you know, you, you they have the pistols and you shoot at the screen. And it's just <laughs> it's just shooting zombies and monsters in the face until they're dead and you move on to the next level. There's no story. There's think, nothing. <laughs> excuse me. I would like to say I think there is a story somewhere in there. 
Uh, I never knew it enough because I never had enough quarters to be able to play. I, I was not good enough at those games, and they were like a dollar a, a shot. You had to you had to pump four quarters into that bitch to even get like started, and then it was it was one of those most frustrating video games. Where I was like, I want to play this more, but it will not happen. Congratulations, Kev! You just figured out capitalism. <laughs> Thanks for catching up to the rest of humanity. It's very frustrating. Why can't I have more money? I feel like I'd have more fun if I had more money. So do the rest of the poor people, but we just have to wait for it to trickle down. <laughs> you know, it's going to happen one of these days. Any day. Any day. They started doing that down. in the 80s. By now, it should catch up. It usually takes a good 50 years to trickle down, I've heard. Yeah, then we'll all be rich. It'll be fine. <laughs> so... This is the shoot 'em up bang bang zombie movie, zombie video game that has been turned into a movie and they made Battleship into a movie, so like that that makes sense, right? Yeah, I guess. You say so this that. movie must be just as good, right? No. And Battleship <laughs> wasn't even good, so think about that. Better than this though, but that's a pretty low bar. What I'm what I'm trying to explain to you, Kev, is that we're now we finally found a movie where we're at the level where the Acting in the movie is something that, like, I would deliver. <laughs> I shit you not, the people in this movie are just like, this can't be. What happened to all the people? What? Are we gonna die? That is the level of acting we're talking about here. Now, as as uh, some of our listeners may know, we talked about this last week, uh, and we did... Um, We've changed the way that this kind of works. I am not completely ignorant of the movie. Uh, I, I do some of the research for critics and box office research just so that I, you know, I, have, I, need, I need to do something to feel good about myself. Um, I heard, in looking at the reviews, the basic reviews, it seems like the, the actors, mostly the actresses were picked not for their acting chops, but their willingness to take off their clothes. There is certainly a lot of that going on in this film. <laughs> that's some of the, that's one of the things I saw when reading the reviews there. So maybe you wouldn't be very well versed in this movie because you do not practice the nudist lifestyle. I don't think there's a connection there, Kev. I think you're reaching. And I think what you're doing, Pete, is avoiding the job you have, which is to tell me about this movie. So you don't why don't we jump this. into it? Why Just do jump you... into it? Ah, fine. I love to hear your pain. Okay. Where do we begin? At the start. There's usually like credits. Mm, I wish there wasn't. I, not anymore. No, not really. Anyway, so these two friends, these two college age guys, Simon college and Greg. College age friends? Yeah. Weird. Simon and Greg. And I, I need you to be prepared, Kev. I hope you have IMDb open, because there's a lot of fucking names you're going to have to memorize, <laughs> and no way for me to differentiate people for you. They're all just bland, ridiculous, ordinary human beings that are just there to die. I did have IMDb open, but only for uh, Uwe Boll, just because I wanted to see if he was doing anything. And the good news is it doesn't look like it. Uh, good. <laughs> anyway, these two friends are planning a boat trip to attend a rave on an island located off the coast of Seattle, which already falls apart because the movie shows you the rave in like because it's already in progress and it's not 
Somebody in the script writing process wrote the word rave without knowing what a rave is. <laughs> the thing they're going... I go- hear it's what those kids are doing nowadays. The thing that they're actually going to is a concert. Because it's in the middle of the day outside on an island, and it's just a DJ on a stage playing music. Um, is this Fire Festival? Is this the movie Fire Fire Festival the movie? It went about as well, so probably. <laughs> also... I'm going to repeat what I said earlier. This is an island off the coast of Seattle. And when they get there, it is tropical in nature. That's not what Seattle is. Correct. (laughs) And the island is... Why even do that? If you're going to go to a tropical island, that's fine. Just go to a fucking tropical island. Don't be like, this is set off of Seattle. I just... My thoughts exactly. And the island even is named Isla del Muerte. It's got a Ooh. Spanish name, as if it's in like the Caribbean. The, the Spanish, the, the in the beginning, they took up the whole western coast, didn't they? Like most of Can- most of California. I don't think they went as far as Seattle. All, all those Spanish explorers, yeah, yeah. Then when they were looking for the Fountain of New- Youth, they missed hard. <laughs> anyway, the two friends are met up with their three girlfriends: uh, Alicia, Karma, and Cynthia. Okay, wait, who's the polygamist here? The two friends with their three girlfriends? Okay, Greg is dating Cynthia, the other two girls are just friends, and uh, Simon is into Alicia. I already have forgotten all of those names. Good, it's, you're better <laughs> off. So the, <laughs> the five of them are, arrive at the dock, and they find out that they're late, and the boat they were supposed to take has already left. So they go wa- literally just walking around the dock asking boat captains to take them to this island. Like, hey, I'll give you some cash. We need a trip. And they run into a guy, a German guy named Victor Kirk. Yes, Captain Kirk. Really? Which they, he, had to, they had to sully the reference of Star Trek with, with this movie? Somebody makes a joke and he says threateningly that he doesn't like Captain Kirk jokes. Okay, good. We're done. So they they weren't even good enough to make it this like a, a subtle reference. They had to be an overt beat you over the head reference that they mentioned directly in the movie. Yes, and he's cool. got a, a first mate named Salish. Salish. I don't okay. know. I looked it up. It's the name of a Native American tribe, and it's just this white dude's name. That's they're trying to be multicultural in their movie making, like not their movie hiring, but their movie making. Sure. So anyway, the, the the college kids are like, hey, we'll give you a bunch of money if you take us to this island. And the captain and his first mate are like, no way. That island is called the Island of Death. Like, there's all like, sorts what of... what is wrong with you? There's all sorts of stories about it. We're not going there. And eventually the dude's just like, what if I give you... This is... He offers the dude $1,000. These are rich college students, huh? Well, they're white. Um, <laughs> and finally the dude agrees. And for some reason, because this movie needed to, like make itself feel more dramatic or something as they're preparing to leave the fucking like i don't even know what they are like the uh atf or something shows up and they're just like you know captain victor kirk do not leave this premises we have to search your boat for contraband and he's and he's just like oh that woman that agent she's a woman i used to be involved with she's got a real hard on for me but we should just go anyway. And he just fucking leaves. 
And does that have anything to do with the rest of the movie? The woman, the agent, does continue being a character in the movie, but they're just, like, dropping exposition at the moment because they couldn't think of a more clever way to deliver it. Look at this person. They're important later in the movie. Okay, let's go. You joke, but that's how it sounds watching the movie. He's like, I used to be involved with that woman, but not anymore. <laughs> cool. Thanks. So the group travels by boat, they make it to the island, and when they show up, they find the site of the rave deserted and <laughs> completely destroyed. Deserted. Like, everything's, like, messed up, torn down, there's nobody in sight. Alright. This is Fire Festival. Yeah. So the group, well, the captain and his first mate, they stay on the boat, and they're just like, we'll wait here, come get us when you're ready to leave. The group of college kids, they split up to go look for any signs of anyone. Why? I mean, okay, so I'm a college student. I want to go to this banging rave. I don't... I miss the boat because I'm an idiot. Yeah. I spend a lot of money to go to this banging rave. I show up and there is no banging rave. I just like saying banging rave. I don't There is like no it. banging rave. And then I go to investigate? I just be like, well, I'm a self-centered college student and I didn't have my awesome rave that I wanted, so I'm just going to go now. Yeah, then we wouldn't have a movie, Kev. Oh, right. Sorry. Forgot about the fact that we need a movie. <laughs> so anyway, when they split up, Greg and his girlfriend Cynthia are paired off. And they're like, you know what? Fuck looking for people. Let's just make out and then have sex. Oh, well, okay. Sure. Except. Ooh. So they start making out. And then Greg's like, hold on, baby. Hold on. And she's like, what's wrong? And he's like, I got to go poop first. What? I'm not kidding. Oh, no. So Why he's like, you kidding, Pete? That was a clever joke. <laughs> he's like, I gotta go find a bathroom. I'll be back. You wait for me. Because nothing puts a girl in the mood better than being like, hold on, I gotta go take a shit. <laughs> so that's, that's... he oh, leaves. Man. And when she's alone, Cynthia is attacked and killed by a group of zombies. Why? Warning? Spoiler warning? No, that doesn't work. No, it's just zombies show up and kill her. And I'm going to tell you this now just so you have it in your head for the rest of the film. The budget was focused in a very specific way, and that way was not towards fake blood. I don't think they had, like, <laughs> any. So anytime someone is attacked and killed by zombies, it's the zombie actors surround the person, they start putting their hands on them, and then the screen fades to red while you hear the person scream and you don't actually see anything. Wait, but this is like a... Is this R-rated? Is this an R-rated horror movie? Uh, I think so. I mean, there's there's boobs, so yes, it has to be R-rated. Oh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, is is uh, Cynthia one of these hot, salacious babes that gets naked, as all the reviewers say? That I don't know, probably. By this point, I lost count. Remember I said that the movie shows the audience the rave before the college kids get there? Yes. Yeah, at this point in the movie we're at now, we've already seen like three sets of boobs i'm this movie is not i'm not kidding it, it knows exactly what it's trying to do here yeah like there's just boobs everywhere for no reason so yeah cynthia's killed i gasp it the screen fades to red and you just hear screaming so whatever 
Now, is that a reference to the video game? Isn't that how people died in the video game? Yeah, I think when you die in the video game, it, the screen goes red and you can't do anything until you put more quarters in. So it's also just that in a clever way to avoid having to pay for, like, fake blood and shit like that. But, like, isn't the gore of a zombie movie half the reason why you weirdos watch horror movies? Yup. Okay. Oh. And remember, like I said, any time someone is killed by zombies, it does that thing. So just so that entire, the entire, you know, point of a horror movie involving zombies, which is, you know, watch these people get murdered by and torn apart by the living dead. That's just gone right now. Yep. Okay. So we got, we got rid of that pesky nuisance of the horrific part of a horror movie. Uh Uh-huh. So the other group that went off looking for people eventually finds a derelict house, and when they go to investigate it, they discover a group of survivors from the rave, including Mm? Alicia's ex-boyfriend Rudy, because they need just we needed a connection for some reason, even though it never ends up mattering. (laughs) A raver girl named Liberty, who's the closest anyone in this movie is to being a raver, because she's just ridiculous looking in her outfit and stuff and I'm like she's dressed like she would be at a rave even though she's the only one and then some random guy named Hugh oh well Hugh's very important yeah and they're all like fucking zombies attacked and killed everyone and we just barely survived by hiding here and they were like no what get the hell out so they're like all right let's go regroup with the other people we split up from and all together we'll leave on this boat we have well I'm really glad that um, they actually found a house in this movie, House of the Dead. Yeah, I was getting worried, too. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, the movie cuts to showing us what's going on at the boat, which is Salish has gone off into the forest to, like, I don't know, take a piss or something, and he gets killed he by zombies. Too. So he's eaten, and it's just a matter of time before the zombies find the boat. It's okay, Captain Kirk. Um, Captain Kirk's going to save the day. Sure, yeah. So the group gets back to the rave site where they find Greg, who has... They find him Oops. trapped in a porta potty. Okay. It had, Why? It had fallen over and he was stuck in it because the door was face down. Really? That's the that's what they're going to go with? Yeah. Yep. All right. Oh, which I want to paint you a picture, too. Um, no, I wanna, please don't paint me any pictures involving porta potties. No, no, of Greg specifically. Like, I mentioned how nobody in this is really... they. It's not a rave. They don't look like they're going to a rave. Nobody's prepared for a rave. Greg specifically is wearing tight-fitting jeans and a button-up denim shirt. That's what you wear to wa- raves. Yep, that's, that's typical rave attire. Oh, and I, I guess the rave was sponsored by a video game company because... The stage behind it, there's this huge banner with the Sega logo. All right. I mean, well, they had to get that in there somewhere because the game was made by Sega. It's a video game movie. So Sega. (laughs) Sega hosts a lot of raves in the middle of nowhere. That's that's what I I hear they're known for. There's uh, Sonic the Hedgehog and random ass raves in tropical Seattle-based islands. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So anyway... The group gets Greg out of that porta potty, but then zombie Cynthia comes out from behind a tree and kills Hugh, so he's dead already. That dude is very important. <laughs> but then the zombie Cynthia is shot and killed by the 
um, ATF agent or whatever she's supposed to be because she randomly followed them to the island and is here now. Well, that's because Captain Kirk has to pay for his crimes. Yeah, I guess. Sure. <laughs> so they're all like, all right, like, everyone now is aware of zombies and shit, so like, let's get... <laughs> we have done the introductions now. Let's get back to the boat and leave the island, which I now am just realizing as we talk... How did the ATF agent get to the That's island? Why don't they exactly leave on her what boat? I was going to ask you is why do they need to go back on the other boat when there's an ATF agent who somehow got there? Was she airdropped in? It's her and her partner, and now that I think of it, they never mention how they get there. Of course. All right, well, whatever. They go back to Kirk's boat, and they find him in the middle of being attacked by a bunch of fucking zombies, but he, like a boss, is just fighting them off with these guns that he has hidden away. Like, it's legit a scene where he's just, he walks from, like, edge to edge of the boat just shooting zombies at the, as they try to climb up. This goes on for, like, seven minutes. I mean, that's the game, right? Per- that's just it's just the game. pretty much just the game, yeah. They're just reenacting it for people so they know what the game feels like. <laughs> so the, the group is like, oh, shit, we gotta get him, and the zombies are basically overrunning the boat at this point. So they, he fights his way off, they help him get out, and they all get back to the beach... And they're like, well, the boat's shot. We can't do that. We need to find another way out of this island. All right. Because they don't have another boat. No, there's no boat. An ATF. Okay. Nothing. So they immediately split up again. Why? They know they're zombies. They're in a horror movie. They, They have realized at this point that they're in a horror movie. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, they split up. Um, the agent lady, uh, Agent Casper, she takes Greg and they go one way through the forest, immediately get attacked by zombies, and Greg is killed. No, not Greg, my favorite. Yeah, Greg was he, useless. I didn't, I didn't care about Greg. Nobody he cares got, about didn't Greg. Didn't he get stuck in a por- porta potty? Yeah, and now he's dead, proving his uselessness. Seriously. So it's about this time that Kirk's like, hey, I'm going to tell you all the history of the island. Like, I could have told you before, but I'm just going to tell you now. Because the movie... I was waiting till Greg died. The movie needs to take a break right now, apparently. So, Isla del Muerte was home to a Spanish Catholic priest named Castillo Sermano, um, who was banished from Spain in the 15th century because he was doing dark experiments on people, which the Catholic Church forbade. Because, you know, dark experiments. I didn't know they'd forbid dark experiments. So he was doesn't sound like the Catholic Church at all. When he was banished, he murdered the entire crew of the ship he was on that was taking him to this island. That seems mean. Got to the island and enslaved all the natives of the island and murdered anyone who ever came to the island. Okay, this guy was not a great guy, it feels like. No. He then created an immortality serum, which he injected himself with, allowing him to live forever and return dead souls to life to support his cause. How anyone knows this is beyond me if he kills everyone that comes to the island. He wrote a memoir about it. He he followed his, uh, he did a whole Twitter thread about his progress as he was going through. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Kirk's like, but don't worry, kids. I've got a plan. And he leads him to a spot on the island that he, so he, we find out why the ATF was hounding him. He's a gun runner. Oh. That's why he had all those guns on his boat. Yeah, he takes him to his hidden cache, which is just like two fucking huge crates full of guns and ammo and explosives. 
Well, yeah, you need that for this movie. <laughs> so everyone gets armed up, packed to the nines, and they're like, let's go fucking kill some zombies. All right, so this won't help at all. This isn't going to help at all, but I'm going to ask anyways. All right. Who's left at this point? Oh, I fucking hate you. Um, <laughs> you got Captain Kirk. You got yep. Agent Casper. You've got Liberty, okay. Alicia, Rudy, Karma, and Man, Simon. Who the hell's Karma? Was Karma ever here? She was one of the original three girls. Oh, of the original cast, we've got uh, Rudy and Karma, right? I don't... Yeah, sure, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Rudy and Greg were the two ones, and then Greg was with Cynthia, and they're both dead now. Yeah. Oh, and there's also Alicia. She was one of the original kids. Oh, and Alicia's still good? Yeah. I just want to know if Judy and Alicia are going to get back, get together. Isn't that a thing? I, does it matter? I worry about these people. These, uh, the, their stories are very important. You dude. shouldn't. So <laughs> now is the only part of the movie that, like, was entertaining in any way. And it's clearly, like, this is where, I don't know what the budget is, Kev, but I'm going to tell you all of it went to this scene. <laughs> because this one scene here, the group of them approach the house and they see like the courtyard in front of the house just full of zombies like easily probably close to a hundred zombies and they just go nuts like it's entire sequence of them just shooting up zombies throwing grenades fucking cutting zombies heads off with machetes just an extended action sequence of zombie violence all right zombie violence that's what we're here for. All of the budget of this movie went into this scene because, like, the camera does some crazy shit. We're reminded that The Matrix came out a few years ago. <laughs> the guns actually look and sound pretty good for an action film. Like, there's zombies' heads getting blown off. Like, this is it. This is where all of the money went. This is, this is their budget. Their entire budget is right here. Aside from one weird thing that kept throwing me off, in this movie... Whenever there is, like, a scene transition, or during this sequence, whenever there's, like, a loud gunshot or a big flash from a gun, they'll cut in a couple frames from the video game. Wh why? I don't know. Like, there'll be a person, Did like, had shooting a shotgun at a zombie, and you'll just quickly see a flash of, like, the game and, like, a monster being shot, like, as if you were Did playing there. Did they think game. that was that was cool did they think that was like the cool thing that was I, like hey this is a video game too remember i how awesome guess? is that yeah they're just like hey remember this is based on a video game this is what the video game looks like in case you were unaware also sega made this video game also in case you were unaware and it's really confusing too because the movie just has zombies but the little flashes from the game will have, like, parts where you're killing gargoyles or Frankenstein monsters and shit like that. What? And, like, they're not even in this movie. Why are you showing this? <laughs> but it's weird. Man. You just get random flashes of visuals and audio from the game every now and then. And like I said, sometimes it happens when a scene is transitioning. I kind of want to see this part now. It's like, is it just in this part or is it throughout the whole movie? It's mostly in this part, but it happens every now and then throughout the rest of the film. I just, it'd be such a bizarre, jarring experience to me watching this movie and suddenly see random clips from a somewhat related video game. Yeah, it's fucking weird. And remember, it's like the arcade game came out in like the 90s. So it's like 90s. So it's not even good graphics. Pixelated looking shit. Like, 
why? Why are we including this? Because it's from this girl! I guess. So anyway, they, they fight through the courtyard, they get to the house, and the only fatalities are Liberty gets swarmed by a bunch of zombies and killed. No, not, not Liberty, she was the sexy one! Yeah. She was the raver! And Agent Casper gets killed when she's crawling through a window, and the zombies run up behind her and hack her legs off with hatchets. Dude, that's not cool. Yeah, and then she bleeds to death and dies. That's a rough death right there. And one of the the dude who was trying to help her, I it's either Simon or Rudy. I literally couldn't tell you. I can't remember who's who anymore. He's just like, wow. it was my fault you died. This is I can't. It's all my fault. Now I have to live with the guilt. It's like nobody cares, dude. It's whatever. Thanks for the exposition right there. Yeah, he just tells you. I how have he's feelings because I'm a I'm an in depth character. I have depth to my character. Yeah, that has feelings. But, you know, then everyone, they board up the door and they seal it and they're now hiding out in this house, taking a breather, shelter, whatever. Great. I think. Pete, I have great news. Do you? Or do you just have news? I really do. I do. I have great news. Well, I have two aspects of great news. So, like, it's your lucky day. Two things. First and foremost... This next movie is the final movie of my Torture Pete with the worst horror movies of all time thing that I've done here. God, it's so close to being over. Just one more movie. We've got The Apparition. And this is the other good news is while this does actually have still have a 3% on the, the official critic list, the audience gave it a 24%. So we're up 100% from the previous movie, from, from uh, The House of the Dead's 10%. We have jumped more than double to 24%, Pete. Don't do that to me, Kev. <laughs> Don't give me hope. <laughs> and then that's it. We're done. We're, it's all over, Pete. After this, it's all done. Is it ever truly over? Or will it haunt us for the rest of our lives? I mean, it's only fair. I have to listen to people getting murdered and stuff, and I don't like horror. So uh, you have to be har- uh, you have to be horrified and haunted in another way. I hate you. And then the other good news is after the apparition in two weeks is our one hundredth episode of Fearless Films. Ooh, that's yeah, exciting. It's- yeah, it is exciting, and we've got something special planned that we're not telling anybody about. Ha <laughs> ha! Not Mostly even each other. We, we haven't really worked out all of the kinks yet. Well, or any of them. We've got one kink worked out, that leather thing. Uh. You were like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go to the apparition next week, and then in two weeks is our 100th episode. And then we're going to jump into a new set of movies uh, in September, I believe. So, That's right. The September movies will be mostly new releases, too, so I'm pretty excited about that. They won't be terrible! Well, I mean, they might still be bad. They are, in fact, horror movies, so they're probably still bad. But Shut your mouth. they won't be critically bad. <laughs> well, Kev, in the meantime, everyone knows where they can reach us and see our upcoming news and updates. Fearless Films Podcast, if you search it on Facebook or Instagram, you'll find it there. At Fearless Film Pod is our Twitter handle. And you can always contact us at fearlessfilmspodcast at gmail.com. 
And once again, as we mentioned last week, we've just started a Patreon. You can contribute to that if you want to help us keep the lights on and the sound working and the fans running and the cars operating. And Wait, the... hold on. What? Why do we have? Why do we need fans and cars? I just was listing things that are powered by money. <laughs> That's literally everything, Pete. Well, then they can give us money and help us power the world. Help us power the world. I I think we can play more of the House of the Dead if we have more money. Oh, we'll get a bunch of quarters and go down to the arcade. Please donate quarters. Specifically. <laughs> or just straight up arcade tokens for the local arcade. Yeah, yeah, you could do that too. But yeah, send all of those to Fearless Films Podcast at patreon.com and we would be forever grateful and maybe throw you a bone or something. Get a little prize that we get at the arcade at the prize stand. <laughs> oh man, we're going to have to play a lot of this game in order to get anything worthwhile. Everyone is getting ring pops <laughs> and those little Tootsie Rolls. I think you can get Tootsie Rolls for like one ticket for like a handful. I think we can those, do that. Those sticky hands that you slap against the glass. <laughs> oh, those are great. Let's do it. Yeah. Anything else for you, Pete? Now I want to go to the arcade and get some sticky hands. All right, well, let's go to the arcade. But first, we do have to finish talking about this movie. Do we? Yep. I'm, Them's the rules. People can assume that it's going to continue being bad, and we could just <laughs> leave it at that. There's a house. There's dead people. There's the house with the dead people. That's how this movie is. Let's go. The end. All right, Pete, we have made it. This is it. We are there. The house, and there are dead people inside this house. This is the house of the dead. We have finally achieved, how long are we in? Like 75 minutes? Yeah, we're we're like entering act three. Yeah, about 75 minutes in, we have made it to the title of the movie. You're way more excited for this than you should I be. have to build myself up somehow, okay? From what I can see, there were three things that this movie had for it. And that was women taking off their clothes, lots of gun shooty shoots, and it was based off of a video game called The House of the Dead. And I don't have the... We don't see the visuals. There's no nudity in this podcast, unfortunately, uh, besides me. And there is no shooty shooty because we just got to that point. So now we're just at the video game side with The House of the Dead. We're here. I'm here for it. Except all the dead are trapped outside the house trying to get in. God fucking damn it, Pete. (laughs) I take it where I can get it, Kev. The house that the dead would like to occupy. (laughs) All right, so they're holed up thinking about what to do, trying to find another way out. I've heard this movie before. Yeah. A group of people holed up in a house surrounded by zombies trying to figure out what to do. Kirk is left behind at his own request to guard the front door. Well, because he got bit like three times during the previous scene. So he's like, I don't know how much longer I have. So just find a way to escape without me and I'll stay here. Wow. Kirk seems like a badass. Yeah. And he hears whistling outside. So he opens the door and he sees Salish as a zombie somehow whistling. Zombies can whistle. Don't judge zombies. And he Kirk sacrifices himself by killing Salish and a bunch of zombies with a stick of dynamite that he lights and just sort of holds in his hand as they come at him. 
that seems pretty badass. I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy about that. It is cool. It, it does kind of take out like half the house too. Okay, now we're not even really at a house part of the House of the Dead. Well, the group, the remaining survivors, they go downstairs and they find their way into the basement, which leads them into a laboratory that's hidden underneath the house. Of course there is, because of the mad Catholic. Uh, yeah, that dude. <laughs> mad Catholic. They find all sorts of weird shit in here, like big tanks of blood and stuff. Ugh, blood tanks. They're the worst. I know, right? Although that's exactly the thing you'd find in a 90s arcade game. That's true. So at least they're being good to their source material, <laughs> for lack of a better term. And of course, more zombies break in. They have to escape again. They find a hatch in the floor, but like one person has to hold the door behind them to prevent the zombies getting in while the others escape. So Simon... Like, immediately after we had a heroic sacrifice, Simon's like, I'm going to sacrifice myself so the rest of you can escape. Go! You can't do heroic sacrifices. We already had a heroic sacrifice. Come on. And it's just a copy-paste because, like, the zombies start breaking into the room he's defending. So he sees that there's a barrel of gunpowder nearby, shoots it, and blows it up. Okay. Well, they had one thing going for them. They were like, that was a really cool scene. Let's do it again. And now the House of the Dead is completely destroyed by explosions. There's, how long did this House of the Dead last? The movie's called House of the Dead, and there's not even a house anymore. Yeah, like like two scenes. Damn it, house! So now we've got Alicia, Rudy, and Karma stuck in the tunnels underneath the house. All right. Well, at least there's a countable number now. Yeah. They get attacked by zombies in the tunnels. Really? Because of, Big surprise. I mean, yeah. Although, this was another cool part, because their zombies are basically, like, they were basically just sleeping down there, and they were crusted over by, like, dirt and plant, like, fungus growth and shit. So they kind of surprise attack them as they all start animating when they hear noise. And that's pretty cool. That's a fun way to use zombies. <laughs> I can feel like you're kind of reaching here. I'm not reaching. I'm trying to find enjoyment in life. <laughs> But sadly, Kev, for the third time in a row... Oh, is somebody going to sacrifice themselves dramatically? Karma's like, you two run. I'm going to hold off this horde of zombies. Stop sacrificing yourself. It, we get it. It's been done. You don't get any more points. And Karma gets swarmed by zombies as she tries to fight them off while the other two flee. There's so many heroic sacrifices. It's like half the deaths in this movie. So here's... And now the movie's just really just trying anything it can to be interesting. So Alicia and Rudy are running through the tunnels, and they're saved by a mysterious cloaked man. Like, this guy comes out of nowhere, kills some zombies in front of them, and is like, follow me. Like, just sort of waves for them to follow. And when they what? do, the man's, like, face is revealed, and it's Greg somehow. Greg? Like, the, the porta potty guy? Yeah, who died in the forest earlier in the film. Porter potty Greg is back. Sort of. And they're like, Greg, what's going on? How did you get here? Thanks for saving us. But, like, what's going on? And like, like, thanks, but also, like, what the hell? He leads them into this other laboratory that's hidden down underground. And he then peels his face off, revealing oh, it was that Castillo Sermano guy wearing Greg's face as a mask. Why? What the hell? Castillo, you're messed up. And this you're is a messed up dude. This is just outright magic, Kev. Because it's not like... It was dark, and he just had, like, his skin over his face, and they couldn't tell the difference. No, like, they had the Greg actor play that part for that scene. 
So what the fuck? It's just a really <laughs> good mask. It was like they got it from the same people they got the Mission Impossible people got them from. I don't think he has access to those resources. <laughs> Greg's really good. Porta potty Greg. That's what they called him. Uh-huh. So he That was his spy name. Castillo orders the zombies to hold the two down, and he's like, I'm going to use your bodies for my experiments. It's going to be oh, great. Oh, so Castillo's a bad guy. Of course he's a bad guy. I mean, I kind of guessed that with the blood tanks. Yeah. So. Fortunately, however, they're able to escape. They fight it. Who's left? Is it Rudy and... It's Rudy and Alicia. That's it. Rudy had a thing for Alicia, right? This is great. They're coming together. Yeah, yeah, whatever. So There's they like 20 people who have died, heroically, mind you. They get away from the zombies. They start running up the staircase that leaves the tunnels, and they, like, drop a grenade behind them as they go. Wait, one of them didn't hold it dramatically up in the air? No, no self-sacrifice on this one. Rudy and Alicia really are looking out for the early one. deaths. <laughs> they should have kept one of those early random deaths so they could sacrifice a person again on these stairs with that grenade. Yeah, yeah. So the lab gets blown up, but Castillo escapes the explosion and chases them outside. Where they proceed to have a fucking sword fight. <laughs> That's what this movie was missing. It's a sword fight. Yeah, like, I believe Alicia had grabbed a sword when they were in the lab and, like, fought off the zombies with it. And then he grabs another sword and chases them. And this is literally, this scene is only to pay off a fucking bit of dialogue from earlier in the movie. Where, because th- it was, Alicia and Rudy were, like, ex-boyfriend and girlfriend. And he, at one point, he's talking to another character, and he's like, you know, we both just went different ways. I pursued um, something, and she was into fencing. So they literally yeah, have a sword fight. It up. No, they're setting it up so that the cool sword fight can make sense. Because I know you. I know you, Pete. You would be at this point, you'd be all like, way does she know how to sword fight? This doesn't make any sense. Movie, what are you doing? Okay, no, Kev. You can't save this film. And fuck, fuck, she studied fencing because the two of them just sort of lob the swords at each other awkwardly. Well, that doesn't sound like fencing at all. Yeah, no, not at all. And this three-way fight ends with Alicia gets stabbed in the chest. No! And But while that's happening, Castillo has his guard down and Rudy comes up behind him with an axe and cuts his head off. Now, hold on a second. Were they actually fighting with foils, though? No. They were fighting with long swords. That's not fencing. No, it's not. It's a very different style. And then... So, Alicia gets stabbed by not a fencing sword. Yeah. EP? Epi? What is that thing called? Something like that, yeah. But then Castillo's gloating over her dying body, and Rudy chops his head off with an axe. Yes. There can only be one. Giant lightning bolt show. Oh, God, I wish. Shoots into Rudy. I wish. No, what happens instead is that Castillo's headless body starts choking Rudy to death. (laughs) That's a wonderful mental image. But Alicia musters up the strength to crawl over, get to her feet, and she stomps Castillo's head into a mush, and then the body dies too. I was kind of hoping she'd hold up a grenade. I wish. (laughs) So... You know, Alicia's barely alive. Rudy's holding her in his arms. Um, They're, you know, everything seems hopeless. When a fucking helicopter shows up. Oh, that's how the the what's-her-face got onto the island. Nope, it's not people with her. 
Oh, uh, well, okay. I was trying, movie. I was given all I had. This random government agency shows up, like some secret agency, and is just like, you know, we're here to rescue you and, you know, study what happened on this island. And it's like, how the fuck did you even know what was going on? And they ask, they're like, to Rudy, they're like, what's your name? And he's like, Rudolph Curian, which I had to look this up because I didn't know what the fuck, like, why it was said so dramatically. That's the name of a character in the video game revealing that this movie is a prequel to the game. This is a prequel movie. Yeah. To the actual video game that nobody played for more than 15 minutes because we're all poor. Yup. And then there's just narration at the ending where Rudy's just like, you know, it's, I feel responsible for things and blah, blah, blah. But luckily Alicia's going to live because I gave her the immortality serum. What? And then the movie just ends. Oh, right, because Castillo is still alive. So they actually have an honest-to-goodness immortality serum in this shoot-em-up zombie horror movie. Yep. Yep. All right. And I looked it up. Well, Rudolph... Curian is like the bad guy in the game. Like he what? he's the dude who makes all the monsters that you're there to stop. But then what's he doing there? I don't know. Do the do the good guys have names? Uh G, who's one of the agents who shows up to save him at the end and uh Rogan who isn't in this movie. Who, yeah, isn't in the movie. Unless he's the other guy talking, I don't know, but it's just like, you know, the agents show up and it's like, you know, G has found such and such. I've found two survivors. And I'm like, I guess these are the agents from the game? I don't know. I don't understand, Pete. Help me to understand this. Help me to make sense. There's no making sense of this, Kev. Oh, I had such high hopes. I really didn't. I knew what I was getting into. I, I picked this movie as one of the worst movies on Rotten Tomatoes. So I really, I made this bed. So I'm happy to lie in it. You did this to us. <laughs> I'd do it again. I know you would. So uh, that's the movie, huh? It was a grand, uh, what's the word, prequel to this video game that everybody, I'm sure, has played at least once because we all used to go to the carnival when we were kids. Yep. The arcade. Arcades are things still, right? Yeah. Plenty of arcades still around. You. They make money. They're like the best thing at making money. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. All right. Well, that was that was the movie, the the House of the Dead. There were dead people, and there was actually a house. Um, what did you think, mo movie man Pete? Critically of this film. I mean, if you didn't pick up on it yet, <laughs> this is the kind. This is the kind of movie that the mystery science theater guys would have flipped a coin over of like, do we really do this movie or do we put it aside and not subject people to it? I, it seems better than the, the previous movies. Honestly, there was more to talk about. More stuff happened. I mean, but here's the thing. Those felt like movies. It's like, yes, I can imagine that those were in a theater at some point. This, <laughs> this is borderline student film. Like, wow. like I said, none of the people in this movie could act with, like, except for, like, two of them. But they could take their shirts off. That happens a lot. You see at least three, maybe four sets of titties. <laughs> I'm glad that 
we have you on this podcast so you can so eloquently discuss the the topical aspects of this movie listen kev i'm taking it about as seriously as the movie takes itself <laughs> the only thing like i said the only thing that this whatever the budget was 90 percent of it went to that big action scene in the middle of the movie and then everything else they just sort of petered out on they're like yeah we'll make it work with whatever money we have left <laughs> well luckily we can save on blood because we're just gonna fade out almost well, didn't you watch a didn't they cut that lady in half yeah, but you've got to be some blood there. You barely see any of it, and there's actually not a lot of blood because they cover it up really quick. Of course. They were trying to avoid that R rating, Pete. Yeah, other than her, basically everyone in this movie is killed by, like, oh no, zombie, and then it cuts. <laughs> yeah, so Uwe there, being German, was like, well, we're. We don't care about boobs. Boobs are great. We don't get an R rating for boobs. What we're gonna do? We have we can't we can't have a lot of violence though. That's bad because that's very European. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you... it's it's a schlocky C maybe D movie based on a video game. Not well. Randomly <laughs> splicing in images from the video game for no reason, and uh, it's pretty much garbage. Now, do you want to know how much they spent on that one action movie? Yeah, I want to know because whatever you the number you're going to tell me is how much money went into shooting stuff. <laughs> shooting guns. 12 million dollar budget. 12 million dollar budget. So I'm guessing yes. each of the actors was paid like, I don't know, 5,000. Like they got $5,000 and they each got their own arcade version of House of the Dead. <laughs> it was an emulator thing that some guy built in his garage. It wasn't an actual arcade cabinet because those cost money. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They each got $5,000 and a House of the Dead, the 90s video game. Yeah. Um, worldwide, this is the surprising thing. This movie made money. Did $12 it? million dollar budget. It made 13 $18.8 million. No, that's not... It made a whole $1.8 million over the budget. That's not making money, though. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's $1.8 million, Pete. Yeah, that may be paid for the marketing. No. God, no. <laughs> Actually, I would like to... Someday, I'd like to break down to see if they have anything about that. Because, like, is the marketing built into the 12 million dollar budget or is it not like is that whole because you pay half again as much apparently in the marketing of the movie no everything that worked into that original budget no everything i've ever read is that the budget is just the cost of the movie okay so you just and then they spend more after the movie's made to market it yeah hopefully they spent less than 1.8 million dollars to market this movie i hope yeah, everything I've ever read on the subject is that to figure out if a movie actually made a profit, it has to make its budget and then make yep. its budget again, and then anything past that is gravy. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's what I was... I heard that if you want to be a cheap movie, which I'm assuming this movie did, you pay 50% of the budget on like marketing and distributing and all that other stuff. So mm. like maybe they spent another $6 million of the $12 million. And so, like, it's an $18 million movie if they were being cheap, in which case they didn't quite make it. <laughs> yeah, because I believe, isn't it usually on the distributor to do the marketing? So that's why it's its own separate number, I guess. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know how the finances of movie making breaks down, which, you know, we are doing this movie podcast. Maybe someday we should look into it. 
Um, as far as I understand it, everyone at the top makes money no matter what, and everyone else at the bottom <laughs> can fend for themselves. Well, the actors also make money because usually they have a good contract negotiator, or they just sue Disney after the fact. Well, you know, Disney likes to not pay people. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you before I jump into the critical response. So, like, this is a zombie movie. Yeah, well, as basically. Far as is, it was. It's a it's a zombie movie. As zombie movies go, did this hit the right spots? Did it change anything new? Did it mess with the formula? What? How did that fit in the horror movie world of zombie movies? Uh, it's kind of a mishmash. So the zombies in this film are more just reanimated corpses that have the same weaknesses as a not dead person. Okay, so they're just take two. Yeah. Multiple times in the movie, you clearly see zombies get killed by being shot anywhere other than the head. Which is a normal trope for zombies. You gotta shoot them in the head or light them on fire or something yeah, like that. Yeah, these right? zombies, you shoot them in the chest, dead. Shoot them in the stomach, dead. Like, it's whatever. Also, they're kind of like early Romero zombies in that they don't move super fast, but they're smart enough to use tools. No. Because you see them holding, like, hatchets and shit and trying to, like, cut people in half. Well, I can kind of rewind a second. I can kind of make sense. It makes sense to me that they wouldn't... You could just shoot them anywhere and kill them because those laser guns were very hard to pinpoint accuracy, you know? Yeah, and they broke easy, so... <laughs> you never wanted to be a red player. Blue blue player always worked. Red player was 50-50. Yeah, it was always like... And then you already put your money in, and you're like, God damn it. <laughs> So yeah, it's they're zombies in the loosest sense. They're just we need an enemy to be attacking the protagonists, <laughs> which is it's very reminiscent of the video game. And we, and we can't use Nazis, so yeah. <laughs> There's definitely better zombie movies if that's what you're trying to get to the heart of. No, I I just wanted to know what this uh, where it fits. I mean, you you told a good job about how zombies work in other movies and all that other stuff, so that's what I was looking for. Yeah. Um. You want to hear about the critical response here? I mean, if there was any, I figured most people would just be like, we're all going to agree that this never happened. For some reason, this got a lot of move. Like, this got a lot of reviews. This has 61 reviews for critic official critical reviews. And these are people who are on blogs uh, and who are on websites and who are on newspapers that have, like, a backing authority behind them. Mm. It isn't just some dude writing his opinions on a website uh, there's that's where the audience score goes to, um, so the official critics are three percent. We got a whopping three percent out of this. Oh boy, the audience score—they're a lot more favorable. They gave it a ten percent. Oh, yeah, they—that's they more than double. That this was worth it. Um, and it generally, from what I can see, the reason why there's a big split between those is the audiences had fun the critics were looking for a movie yeah that makes sense <laughs> the critics were, were were desperately trying to find anything that made this like an actual movie with plot and character depth and acting and cinematography and it had none of those <laughs> the people who just came to watch the movie were like hey it has shoot em up bang bang it had some great boobs and it had uh, a big dramatic ending and there was a sword fight so i'm gonna give it a 10 percent um but some of the things that really 
A lot of people were like, uh, Uwe, please, please stop. <laughs> they, somebody said, this, if this were, if this came out as a B movie, if somebody pushed this as a B movie, this would be an exceptional, exceptional use of the, the term, and it would be very well situated for what it was trying to do. The fact that it tried to be an A-list movie released in theaters was where it all fell apart. Oh. The the highest review that I was able to find, the best review, uh, was IGN, actually, because it was a video game movie, it was a video game magazine. Gave it three out of five stars, and it also attached... It said it was an unabashed B-movie that does an incredibly decent job. That's right, incredibly decent, with a limited budget... Unknown cast in routine storyline. That's high praise. <laughs> a lot of people called this car- uh, techno-driven. This is apparently they threw a lot of the uh, techno music in there. Yeah, that's like the uh, whole soundtrack playing throughout most of the movie. They said there was a lot of people who said that they basically just were using this as a vehicle for shooting and boobs is what i saw most of the the reviews saying there was nothing else redeeming from it and even that wasn't redeeming one person going as far to say is they were like the the uniqueness of watching a uh zombie get shot in the head wears off after 40 minutes of nothing but this (laughs) so it didn't it didn't do well according to most people gee color me surprised uh, George A. Romero's original template has now worn pretty thin, so you'll either love this repetitive gore fest for, his un- for its unpretentious dumbness, or hate it for being nothing more than a shameless plug for the game. I, yeah. <laughs> Although I don't know, like, who's watching this movie and is like, I gotta go out and play that arcade game. I mean, they got to see it. Maybe if they liked that, they were like, ooh, this arcade game. Maybe. It was it was voted as one of the top ten worst video game movies of all time, time according to Time. Well, I mean, that's not hard to do. <laughs> I would say it is, considering how many terrible video game adaptation movies there are out there, most of them made by Uwe Boll. <laughs> yeah, how is the whole list not just his movies? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the whole thing. It's not it so I guess the general consensus is if you can sit back and you want to watch something being ready to wa- laugh and drink while watching this with your friends then you could possibly get a, a a passable experience out of this but there's probably better movies to do that too so I'd pass thanks I'm not surprised <laughs> although it sounded like you did want to watch that one scene yeah, I want to see them randomly intercut video game. I want to see where where they think they could get away with doing it. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, so how about you, Pete? Who do you think should see this movie? I, I guess. Yeah, if 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 you're into horror and you want just to get a group of friends together and just watch a dumb fucking movie, you could watch House of the Dead. It's a fun time. <laughs> It's easy to make fun of and riff on while you're watching. I don't think I'm going to recommend it for non-horror fans because it's not even like it's so bad it makes for a good starter horror movie. It's just like, it's bad, so why would you waste your time? 
That makes sense. I think a lot of people are like, why would you waste your time with this film? Yeah. But, you know, what do I know? I could be wrong. Maybe a lot of people have fun watching this movie. I didn't. (laughs) Kev? Yep? Do you think somewhere out in the universe, maybe on a far distant planet, there is a group or an organization or a cult that could (laughs) get something from this movie? I actually have a list of people Uh-oh. that could watch this. If your name is Jonathan Cherry, Tyron Lizzo, Una Grauer, Will Sanderson, Illy Cornell, Inuka Okoma, Kira Clavel, Sonia Saloma, Michael Eklund, if your name or any of those people, you should watch this movie. You should bring your friends to watch this movie. You should bring your family to watch this movie. Because you could be like, hey, guys, remember when I did that summer acting camp? I made a movie. I was in this movie. Look at it. Oh, boy. (laughs) You know, if your name is David Palfy, you could be like, I was the bad guy. We all drew sticks uh, after kickball, and I got to be the bad guy. I don't think that's really like a claim to fame, Kev. (laughs) It is if your claim to acting chops is, I went to summer theater camp. Because it sounds like that's the level of talent they got from. Uh, yeah, fair. Alright, how about... Pete, I, this might be hard for you. What did you learn from watching this movie? Um, let me think. What did I learn from The House of the Dead? I think one of the things I learned is that if you're adapting, like, anything into a movie, it is not necessary... To include visuals from that thing in the movie. That that doesn't have to be a part of the movie, guys. We all get from the name that it's related to this video game. Like, if I'm adapting a book into a movie, I don't need to (laughs) splash images of pages from the book on the screen. Just this excerpt real quick. Typically, Uh, an adaptation is transforming something into a new medium. You don't need to... Then also have the original thing. I don't know, Pete. I think I was... I just really needed to know what exact House of the Dead video game they were talking about. Maybe there's more than one. I mean, there is, but no, we don't need it to be that clear, Kev. (laughs) Did you learn anything from the House of the Dead? Yes, I did, and I can impart this wisdom. Gentlemen, men, if you've got a date, if you've got a hot date later... And you're going to go to her place or she's going to come to your place. Or maybe you're going to have a romantic candlelit dinner out, uh, maybe like a picnic out in the park or something like that. And you're thinking, you know what, this, this might be a good night. If I play my cards right, I might be able to get lucky here. Go to the bathroom before you leave. (laughs) Don't be like Greg is what you're saying. Don't be like Greg. Otherwise... Your date's going to get eaten by zombies, you're going to get eaten by zombies, and then somebody's going to use your face to kill your friends. That happens every time. Does it? Every time somebody's trying to get lucky with somebody else, and they have to poop in the middle of it, that's exactly what happens. Okay. (laughs) Um, alright. That's, that's what I've learned. I'm sad that that's all you learned. Also, I learned that some people in Hollywood don't actually know the definition of the word rave. No, they don't. Not a rave. 
what else what other wisdom do we need to impart to them pete um don't blow up your house with explosives don't get too it's the the thing we do pete at the end it's the end of the podcast don't get too scared hey hey sega (laughs) 